This is Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio, with your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea of the Matea Group at Keller Williams Realty. Whether buying your first home, your next home, or upgrading your present home, everything you need to know is right here. Now on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Hey, welcome everyone to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio. I'm Jeff Matea from Keller Williams Realty with my co-host, Harrison Smith. Hey, Harrison. Morning, Jeff. How we doing? Very good. Very good. What a week, huh? How's that weather uh, treating us 70 degrees we saw during the week? Absolutely amazing. Unbelievable. Stellar. And we'll uh, we'll get to that in a, in a, a few uh, about all of the out-of-state folks that we're seeing heading to Maine and uh, a lot of those out-of-state license plates. So what'd you do this weekend? You know, we, we did a... Uh you know, the perpetual stuff around the yard, plenty of lacrosse, doing a lot <laughs> of lacrosse this year. Um, and then just, you know, just trying to, trying to get ready for spring. Also the, uh, the family decided we needed to go down the path of a, of a new kitten. So getting oh, ready for that. Wow. wow. Yeah. I already have one or is it, you just filled out the paperwork to, to get it. I saw that was happening. Yeah. I picked up, picked out the kitten. So okay. now we have to wait a few more weeks before it comes home. Oh, okay. Interesting. So yeah. now it's all prep. We don't have a name yet because it's no, got to wait till way too early see the personality and yeah yeah awesome awesome well uh yeah i was we had already talked about vacation season we are starting to pre- prepare our airbnbs our um, you know our long-term tenants on the off season uh have departed so we're preparing all of our units for you know our new guests that will arrive any any day now uh to enjoy the summer in maine and uh it's been fantastic just picking up properties which we'll talk about in an in a later segment, absolutely. Um, for those folks that are thinking of that or have Airbnbs themselves, that how to maximize that value and uh, probably some uh, opponents of that that mm. think, well, that's driven some prices and caused some, especially in certain towns, some animosity of guests having fun and uh, those homeowners that are not present that have just kind of picked up these properties to make money, yet left their neighbors maybe not in best peace of mind. Yeah, it's a it is a lightning rod topic. People love them or hate them. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have any Airbnb properties? No, personally no, I don't, but uh but as we had uh, Tim Mitchell on a past show, definitely we manage some for people. Right, for sure. Um, That's right. A lot of management there, a lot of a lot of out-of-state buyers for those properties that are looking at, you know, using them for themselves and also trying to uh rent them when they're not there. Well, I know our upcoming segment will talk more and it'll probably entice you to uh, you know, Get interested if you aren't already. I know Danny has some. So Yep, absolutely. Danny um, has some, yep. Well, with our market update, it's like a broken record. So we're going to skip over a little bit of that. Uh, you know, listing inventory is down. Sold units are down. Sales prices are up. In fact, 106% of list price on average in Cumberland County. Prices being up about 17% year over year, uh, which is just wild. It's that, crazy. That's still happening. Um, we thought with interest rates creeping up ever so slightly, which then turned into very quickly basis 50 basis points uh, mm-hmm. just last week that that would have a little bit of a stranglehold but the demand is still there because inventory is so light that we haven't really shaken out much of the market it's still go 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 five offers on average with properties yeah and what's amazing too is you're looking at a 17 percent increase over last year when last year also had 15 to 20 percent increases so we've seen significant appreciation in this market um, and even as interest rates come on because of the supply issues that we've got we're not we're just not seeing a slowdown because we still need housing. Exactly. And, you know, the shameless self-promotion with the Matea Group covering nearly every county yeah. in Maine, uh, I think we even have sold in Aroostook County as well, Absolutely. is uh, so all 16 counties, 
that there's a lot of activity in Aroostook in Oxford County, which you wouldn't suspect, but yet that sprawl has led to folks just wanting to be away from too many people. Yeah, I, I think COVID definitely got people thinking about where they live a little bit differently. It's not necessarily about being in a in a high rise or in a tight subdivision. People want some space. They want some land. They want some breathing room. Uh, and there's a lot of central Maine that is uh, that offers all that and is open. You're listening to Closer to Home Maine's Real Estate Radio on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Yeah, I mean it's land is is wild too. I mean it's the the transactions are down 27 percent yet prices back up 18 percent. You know what gives, right? People are looking to build that home, which mm-hmm. we'll get to in a moment, because they can't find what they want. Yeah, and and building is a, is certainly a great option. Uh, definitely want an expert by your side to do it. It's a complicated process, and we'll get a lot of great feedback from our guests today on that because Donna has a lot of experience, both personally, um, but also working with clients. Exactly. Yeah, she's a great, great uh, guest to have. Very timely, too. Uh, so we'll take listeners' questions. The tip of the week that we had mentioned will correlate to new construction, Absolutely. I believe, um, and then local events happening this weekend. So you know, tune in to the rest of the show. But let's talk Airbnbs. Uh, we have uh, an interesting article that we that we. Um, dug up. Uh, where was that? Where did you find that one? This was actually in the Bangor Daily News. The Bangor Daily News. Yeah. So, you know, more Mainers um, are renting their homes to vacationers uh, just because people are showing that there's that demand. And it's been an excellent way for homeowners to make some money. They have a, a property that's vacant or they're going away for the time being or, you know, a set period of time and have decided that, well, let's make, let's make some money and, and pay, pay that home. Or maybe I'll buy that home with the anticipation that I can pay back my mortgage or, you know, cover it. Yeah, absolutely. And you're seeing, you're seeing people come at Airbnb a couple different directions. Either they're a pure investor uh, who just likes the Airbnb model, how it works uh, and enjoy that hospitality side because it is very much a business. Uh, and there's also people that are buying vacation homes and realizing that if they can short-term rent it for some portion of the year, you know, they can actually cover the cost and enjoy that vacation home potentially for free. Exactly. Yeah. There's the downside. Correct. With that, the rubber band snaps back. Yep. And we're reading right here directly, Maine faces a housing crisis that has made many communities unaffordable for middle-class residents and increased the popularity of Airbnbs pose a problem for buyers and renters, especially in tourist communities like, you know, Portland's, Mm -hmm. Booth Bay. I mean, they highlighted Bar Harbor, but I think you can say pretty much along most of the coast, York Wells, Agunquit. Yeah, I mean, your your coastal towns are obviously the best candidates for this. That's where people that come to Maine want to go. But we're actually even seeing Airbnbs pop up in downtown Portland, in on side streets of South Portland, in neighborhoods in Saco. Uh, there's not really a, a geographic preference anymore for Airbnb. There's so much demand for short-term rentals, Airbnbs, VRBOs, whatever you call them, everywhere. Because you've got business travelers, you've got people traveling with families that want to be maybe closer to different amenities. Um, they don't need to be on the coast. And it, there's a variety of options now, but we're seeing them creep into towns that previously weren't vacation destinations. Well, I saw that the highest rate per capita is actually in Hancock County yeah. of Airbnbs. Um, and, and we were talking earlier in, in studios, just, you know, that all these restaurants, bars, shops really rely on mm-hmm. these guests coming here. And uh, a lot of our hotels are packed. And so these are our other opportunities. So this is kind of a catch. It's double-sided. You, you, you want people to come here, but then they're, yes, they're spending, they're driving uh, revenue to us, tax dollars. But then they're, you know, creating more noise, making more demands on public services, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, what's your take and how do you, how do you feel about that? Well, and that's that's where the debate really gets hot is, you know, you hear from Marita all the time that if it wasn't for these short-term rental units, you know, we wouldn't be able to uh, bring all the vacationers in. And that's a huge benefit to the main economy. All those vacationers, they come, 
they eat, they enjoy the area, they spend their money, and they go home. And without all those short-term rental units, there wouldn't be enough hotel rooms for them, and therefore you'd be turning people away, which would ultimately hurt the economy. The flip side of it is we've now got a lot of properties being purchased by investors at prices the, the traditional buyer can't afford because that buyer's not going to live in it. They're going to actually going to rent it out at a higher you know, per night or per month rate so they can make money on that. And therefore, your single-family home buyer is now not competing against other single-family home buyers. They're competing against investors with you know, much more capital to deploy. Exactly. And then, and then we have less long-term rental properties, Correct. which then really sets a bind for those folks that need, you know, they're, they're going to rent. We, we, mm-hmm. We've seen that about 66 to 67%, the economy strives to, you know, the government would love to see 66, 67-ish percent home ownership and leaves about a third of the, um, you know, citizens renting. Right. So we have those long-term rentals and there's always going to be that. But with long-term rentals leaving the market, because they're rented, whether it's seasonally or by the you know week, night, et cetera, um, it's driving back supply, which is really creating a problem and raising rents essentially even on what's left. Exactly. And you've got people that are out there in the market trying to buy homes, driving by places that are vacant, um, come to find out it's a short-term rental that's just not open for the season, or it's a potentially a vacation home somebody hasn't come to yet, or... So there's all these houses that are sitting empty or being underutilized, you know, in theory, that buyers are seeing that aren't available to them, and they're competing for houses um, when really we need that inventory. So it really is a double-edged sword in the market. It's great for the main economy. It's great for the local amenities. You know, it just does make it more competitive for buyers to find housing. You're listening to Closer to Home means real estate radio. Well, what I also found interesting is another study that rent and home values dropped 3%. In communities where cities prohibited Airbnb operators from renting uh, out more than a single address at a time, so you, or that you had to live in right. the unit itself, um, and you had to be present at the residence, so these out-of-state, you know, uh, absentee landlords couldn't rent an Airbnb. Right, and therefore, you, you what you do is you limit that segment of the market to only be able to buy so much of the market, um, and because of that, you don't see the same inflation in prices because those buyers aren't so widespread; they're much more concentrated. And that's why that's why cities like Portland have enacted licensing and requirements to limit the m- amount there were because prices in Portland when Airbnb and short-term rentals really turned on, you know, uh, almost immediately took off uh, because those buyers knew that business travelers and families wanted to be in Portland to be by the arts and the culture, and they were paying significantly more for properties that uh, buyers otherwise would have purchased to live in. So do you think municipalities should be able to regulate how many? <laughs> the question everybody wants to know. Um, I, I think that I think ultimately what we're missing is really some guidance from the state level as to what we need. So the stat was in the last the last data available was from 2019 because the hospitality industry trails by a couple of years getting information out. There were half a million guests that stayed in short term rentals inside the state of Maine. Now, those are short term rentals. And also keep in mind, our hotels were full. So that's a half a million exactly. people that took yeah. advantage of those properties that if we didn't have them, wouldn't have come. You know, the dollars to the economy, I couldn't even begin to quantify it's significant. But when you think about a half a million people using those units, you know, we need to understand what that actual demand that actual demand is. So we don't run the risk of having more Airbnb units than we need, which then ultimately defeats the purpose. But you really need some state-level guidance as to what that number is. So municipalities don't go rogue and set up their own standards that actually begin to harm the state overall. Well, an Airbnb, Airbnb probably purposefully has not given that uh, community statistics anymore. It's more of like a statewide or a, a countywide. Right. Exactly. Yeah, Airbnb is very smart. You know that that company is huge. It's grown rapidly. 
and they are very good at protecting their interests. All right. Well, we've got to head to break. When we're back, we'll have Donna Galuzzo from the Matea Group uh, tell us a little bit about herself and get into home construction. You're listening to Closer to Home on Maine's Real Estate Radio. This is Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio. Whether buying your first home, your next home, or upgrading your present home, everything you need to know is right here with Jeff Matea of the Matea Group at Keller Williams Realty and his weekly guest experts. Sell your home the easy way. Just remember Jeff, M-A-T-E-J-A. That's the Matea Group. And call them I love the jingle. It gets me every time. Well, welcome back, everyone. Thank you for listening. We are here, segment two of Closer to Home Maine's Real Estate Radio with my co-host, Harrison Smith, and we have a lovely guest in studio. Yeah, so I'm really excited here to welcome Donna Galuzzo to the show, a very close personal friend of mine and somebody I'm proud to say I dragged into real estate. (laughs) Our team member at the Masea Group, Donna Galuzzo. Very, very happy to be here today, guys. Um, I... I can't thank Harrison enough for dragging me, and I don't know, I don't know that he had to drag too hard. But I'm so excited to be on the show, and you know I love what I do. Beautiful. Why, why don't you tell a little, us a little bit about yourself, Donna? Well, originally, uh, I'm not from Maine, but I've been here a long time. It's going on close to 30 years now. I married a Mainer, so maybe that gives me some credentials. I don't exactly. Know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so for yeah. sure. Especially if they're from the county. Oh, I even think more that so. Counts for That's right. It gives you some cred for yeah, sure. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I come from a multi generation construction family in New York, and so I've always been around building, which I think is why I kind of got into real estate in the first place. Always been curious about about homes and building, and when you grow up around it. It kind of shapes where you go at some point in your adult life. You can uh, say it's in your blood, right? I think so. And it's brought you back around to just navigating new construction. You've been fantastic at it. But tell us a little bit what you what you do when you're not in real estate. What you know keeps you smiling. <laughs> I was thinking about uh, the other day. I was like, do I have any hobbies anymore? <laughs> it's hard to say that I have any consistent hobbies because my job does keep me busy, and because I love it. It's kind of like I took my hobby and I. Turned it into my job. How many people get to say that? Exactly. That's the dream. Yeah, that is the dream. But, you know, I love hanging out with friends and family. I live in the greater Portland area, so I love taking advantage of the terrific foodie city that we live Mm. in. Love to cook, but who doesn't like to go out for a great meal and some inspired cocktails all around the city? So that's a lot of fun. And, uh, again, just at this point in my life, spending quality time with friends and family is what it's all about. It always tastes better when somebody else makes it, right? Oh my God, hundred yeah. percent. I don't is know there, why, but is there a favorite restaurant restaurant downtown? Oh, hard to say these days. So many good places to eat and growing, you know. And also, there's so many great places up and down the coast. I'm fortunate. I actually have family that live in the South Bristol area in a treasured little spot called Christmas Cove. When you have a sibling with a boat. access to the main coast perfect that's where you like to spend your summers so they're coming into they're coming into the state soon and i'll be pretty excited to be up that way most of the summer beautiful yeah so on the matea group kind of day-to-day you're the you're the lead buyer agent on the team so can you describe a little bit about you know what that is and the type of clients you're working with it's really fun it's busy i mean certainly you know real estate is is a seven day a week job and it's it's 
kind of hard to turn it off at times um, to our detriment. We always all scramble to find a little vacation time, especially in these great Maine summers. Mm -hmm. But it, again, it helps when you love what you do. And I work with a ton of different clients, variety, wide variety of age groups, first time home buyers, second home buyers, seasoned home buyers, investor clients. I love that variety. It's a lot of fun. I tend to work with a lot of folks from out of state as well. And that's been a really interesting learning curve. That's one part of the job I've enjoyed tremendously. And I've learned that every state transacts real estate differently. And that's a very important thing to know, especially when you're working with a buyer who is coming to the purchase with an idea and understanding of how they did it in a different state. So if your state, our state, Maine, transacts very differently from New Jersey or Idaho, mm. then it's worthwhile to have that conversation. And I, I find it helps a lot to address that because people come in with different notions. You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio on News Radio 98.5 FM at AM 560 WGN. Yeah, and that's a great point because I think everybody thinks of real estate. It's universal. A house is a house is a house. Mm -hmm. But really behind the scenes, real estate, as we always say, is very, very local. Uh, and is it's handled differently, managed differently, transacted differently. And, and what's the major learning you've had along that path in terms of the, the big differences? You know, great question, Harrison. I mean, I think in addition to the literal transaction path itself, there are different cultures. Mm. There are different expectations from different regions of the country and different language that's used to describe the same thing. You know, it, it's mm, kind yeah. of funny yeah. how in Massachusetts oh, they yeah. say passing papers. Right. And right. we say closing. Yeah. And, you know, it's and people kind of really get stuck in that in that mode. And, you know, there's a whole different vibe. Massachusetts is a great example. Actually, there's a lot that's a little different transactionally mm -hmm. the way things happen in Massachusetts. And New Jersey is another great state. So I've really come to understand um, how we handle the earnest money deposit or uh, just the the way inspections are handled. And timelines vary tremendously from parts of the country, regions of the country. Expectations on what gets addressed in an inspection and how you negotiate after inspections. There are a lot of regional differences is what I've found. So, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. What I, what I love best about working with Donna is how well she and passionate she is about selling our state. So it's not also the transaction. So, yes, we talk in transaction deals. You hear some of that terminology yet. Donna really has that personal approach and asks so many questions of the buyers to learn about them, to see what makes them tick, and then help them navigate the state of Maine. So a lot of people come in and they say, well, I want to live in here, and they end up half an hour away or totally not what they said they wanted originally. Um, can you tell us about that and what, how you take them from when they originally come in to where the finished product is. Yeah, 100%. So a good example of that is I recently had a client uh, moving here from Boise, Idaho. And kudos to this person. They said, they said to me, what I want to do is actually visit Maine. I've never been there before. And I want to learn about the different parts of the state. And I want, was hoping that you could take the time to see houses with me. And I thought, what a great approach. How incredibly smart of the client to do that. So when they first came to Maine, they stayed in the more western part of the state. We looked at houses together, and I really started to get a feel for the kind of vibe they were looking for. And although this wasn't on their radar, I said to them, you know, I think you would like central coastal Maine a lot. I just feel like it would resonate with you. The town, uh, the town personalities, I think, would be enjoyable for you. So she planned a second trip. They came back out, stayed in an Airbnb, 
in central coastal Maine. And we spent several days looking at houses up there that wound up being the part of the state they absolutely loved. They they need, didn't need to be right on the water, but they wanted to be closer to the coast. They really enjoyed everything that part of the state had to offer. And I got them under contract in the wonderful town of St. George. Wow. So, and I, I love it too. Is, is yeah. you know, people tell you just enough, but you dig a little bit deeper to really get to know them as a person and a family to then understand where and what makes them tick so that you can drive them to that lifestyle. We're selling an experience and a lifestyle, not a home. Well, a home too, but the lifestyle and what they can do around that home because, you know, people spend a lot of time in their home yet. We've also seen they venture out and want to experience the great state of Maine. hundred percent. I mean, I actually hear from those guys almost every day, just telling me how excited they are to start this next chapter of their life in Maine and how incredibly excited they are about where they actually landed geographically in the state. And they, you know, whether it was 100% me or not, they credit me with getting them to that part of the state because they never would have thought of it on their own. I think they would have discounted it. And yet, you know, we found a way to make it work. I think they also thought it might not have been affordable, but we found a way to figure it out. Yeah. And you do a lot of work in a really interesting segment of the market, Donna. Can you tell us a little bit about that segment and why it, why it called to you? In terms of new construction? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, kind of humorous. I'm in it myself right now. <laughs> and uh, I'm about to move into my own new build within the next month or so. But again, I think, you know, for me, the interest in new construction does kind of go back to our family business and growing up around it. And also in these last couple of years, and I know you guys talk about this a lot, it's been so competitive for mm. people as buyers one thing that became apparent to me was looking at new construction for a certain segment of buyers was a much more realistic and viable option. And so that's kind of how I got into it even more and more. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we'll come right back in our third segment and answer a lot of our listeners' questions that have come in about new construction in particular in the market. You're listening to Closer to Home Maine's Real Estate Radio on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560. Welcome back to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio, with your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea, on News Radio 985 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We are here to answer listeners' questions. If you have a question, feel free to reach out to us at 207-331-5516. You can also text that line uh, or email us at closer to home at portlandradiogroup.com. So Harrison, we have uh, a bunch of questions that have come in from listeners and uh, we'll direct those to, to Donna. Absolutely. Yeah. We welcome Donna back in to take some questions here. Uh, first one we've got here is uh, from Samantha from Durham. Um, she's saying there's too many offers on homes right now. If I wanted to buy, how would I ever be able to? How are you helping buyers in the market right now be competitive, Donna? Great, great question, Samantha, because I'd say that's probably the most common question I get. Um, I hear it every day, and it is incredibly competitive. So a couple of different things. I mean, certainly a trusted real estate agent is going to have a lot of tools and a lot of great advice on how to help compete in a multi-offer situation. There are many things you can do, and too many to go into you know, in a, in a short radio show, but definitely working with a realtor and letting them know what your concerns are. 
I think this competition is why a lot of clients turn to new construction. The way prices are escalating and with the availability of inventory being so low, people realize they're paying top dollar in a competitive price war, and they're still having to do major renovations or even significant renovations. Cosmetic renovations can still be significant Mm -hmm. to a home. And in thinking about that, a lot of people are saying to themselves, well, maybe I should be looking at new construction. And that's a great way to be competitive because often when new construction hits the market, there isn't typically a multi-offer situation. You have a little more control over the process. It's a longer timeline, but you definitely have more control over the process. And if you have the time in your life and you can wait several months, we can talk about that in a minute, it could be a terrific fit for you in terms of eliminating some of that crazy competition. Yeah, great feedback. Uh, another question here, and we actually talked to Corey about this a little bit last week, was uh, James from Kenny Bunk asks, do you recommend buying land and building on it later? And then how would I do that? James, a ton of people ask about land. It's, it's interesting. I mean, my basic answer about that has been, it can be a great option, but I think it's not a commonly accessed option for a lot of people. And part of that is, I'm not sure that people understand the complexities of working with raw land. When you look at a, at a parcel of land, especially if you're looking to get some acreage, you have so many things to think about. Is the land surveyed? You've got to do soil testing. You're working with raw land, and so people forget that you've got to actually start from scratch with drilling a well, putting in a septic system, creating a driveway, clearing that land, excavating. Is there enough road frontage, You know, meaning is there enough... If, is there enough space on the main road or the side road that this parcel's on for you to create a driveway? Because there's code about all of that, and it varies a bit from town to town. So when people start adding up the costs of what they need to do to the land above and beyond the actual purchase of the land, I think it's a tremendous education and understanding why new construction prices are where they are. So it's a tough path. It's also hard to find people to do the work right now, and it adds a lot of time to your build timeline. So it's something to investigate very carefully and to think about from a lot of different aspects. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, we, we saw building material costs skyrocket I mean, 30, up 30% since the beginning of the pandemic. So some of this land has been, become cost prohibitive to be able to do what you want to do. And you know, either you have to skimp on what you want to build or just not build at all. And, and that's happening to some of our clients, right? You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio, News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGN. Yeah, the next couple of questions here, Donna, really kind of get into the process. So uh, Brenda from Topsom asks, I really want to build but don't know where to start. What should I do first? And then Devin from Portland comes back and says, how long should I expect the process to take to build a home? So why don't we just kind of from a high level, Donna, I know getting into all the steps is probably can't be done in such a short time frame. But, you know, conceptually, what does that process look like start to finish for somebody looking to go into new construction? Absolutely. So, um, I mean, Brenda, to your point, where do you start? And I think this is the place you start for everything, new construction or not. Get pre-approved, pre-qualified. Absolutely, 100%. That is the first place you go. I think also in terms of the entire process, there's a couple of basic questions that you want to ask yourself, which is, do you want to buy a, a home that is a newer build or do you actually want to build yourself? And those are two very important distinctions to make. So once you get your pre-approval, then I think you've got to ask if you're going to build yourself, 
Well, this is a much more complicated process because you've got to find the raw land. You've got to engage a contractor. You've got to do all the work on prepping the land and working with your contractor. And so it's a whole different kind of build process. There's many more steps to it. And also the types of loan products that you're going to wind up using are different. And possibly they're going to cost you a little bit more in terms of interest rates. So you really want a lender who's done a lot of work around new construction loans. And you want to get all of your information up front. And you want to figure out if financially that's going to work for you. As opposed to getting into a newer build, which could be a group of condos that's being built, or a large development In those cases, many times, the builder is the one financing their own project. And so when you go to buy a new build where the builder's financing the project, now you're looking at getting a more traditional loan. And that can save you a little bit of money just in terms of interest rates. But also as part of that process, you're going to want to talk a lot about what the specifications are around the house. You're going to want to talk about timeline. New builds are used to be, I would say, three to four months. Now they're running six to nine months from groundbreaking and the pouring of a foundation. And a lot of that is, you know, we know what's going on. Supply chain issues uh, worldwide. There are so many things that are affecting um, products that come from different countries. So obviously the lead time for building has gone from, again, what used to be more like three to four to now six to nine months or longer. You also want to be really careful to look at different aspects of the contract. A lot of builders will use a different contract, something that's specific to them and not like our traditional main purchase and sale. So you want, again, a trusted real estate agent by your side. You want to read those contracts, specifications really carefully. And you want to educate yourself, um, you know, about the finishes in your home, you know, from everything, from the roof to the basement, to insulation, it's it definitely there's a lot of learning curve. So I think if you have a realtor who understands what all these things mean and can interpret for you, that's a huge part of the process, a total bonus, having someone who's done this before. That's essential, I would say, in, in the process of going for a new build. Yeah, that experience and expertise is so key because the construction process is in a completely different thing if you've never been in it. You know, how you negotiate, how you build out specs, even the design work, you know, that many people, you know, they know what they like when they see it. They don't necessarily know what they like when they design it. And that's a little tricky. hundred percent. It's also hard to have that vision. You know, you're just looking at a set of plans. You're not actually looking at a finished home product. So one thing that's really good to do if you're vetting a builder, whether you're doing a small one-time project or this person is building a huge development, I would ask that builder you know, do you have a home that's under construction right now that I could go see? Mm. Do you have homes that you've recently built that I could go take a look at? You know, that's a wonderful way to understand what kind of work they do and get a sense and a feel for what their finished products look like. I mean, any quality builder should have a great portfolio of homes that they can share with you and be proud to, to share with you. Because I think the other thing we talk a lot about is um, – General contractors are not licensed in the state of Maine. Mm. And that's another big regional difference. In a lot of states, contractors are licensed. Of course, electricians and plumbers are licensed here in Maine. But you could get a general contractor who isn't licensed and doesn't have a lot of experience. And that could be a challenge when you're looking at their quality of work. Yeah, for sure. That's a great point because it 
you really want to make sure you vet that general contractor, you know, talk to some references, see some of their work if you can, to your point, um, to get an idea of what you're getting into. Absolutely. I think the other place people get tripped up is allowances. A lot of times in a contract with a new build, there's a section called allowances where the contractor will give you a credit towards something like purchasing appliances. Well, you know, obviously pricing has changed around everything, including things like appliance purchases or cabinetry or countertops. And you may find, again, read your contract carefully, do your homework. Those allowances are often not nearly enough money to cover what you want in your home. So you may find yourself putting a lot of additional dollars into the house right from the start. Excellent information, Donna. We're going to head to break here very quickly. When we come back, we'll have our tip of the week surrounding new construction. We'll welcome Donna back and then have our around town with Harrison. You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio. Have a question about real estate or home improvement? Call the 24-hour Closer to Home helpline at 207-331-5516. Now back to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio, with your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea of the Matea Group at Keller Williams Realty on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Welcome back, everyone. Jeff Matea here, co-host Harrison Smith. Man, I like that bumper music. That gets, has me fired up for our final segment to, uh, uh, to take it home. I, I love the music. I love the classic rock coming in. It's the best <laughs> way to come back in. Yeah, great job. Uh, so, yeah, new construction tip of the week. Donna in studio still. Let's take it home. Yeah, so we're going to welcome Donna back in to go through the tip of the week with us. So, you know, to kind of highlight some of the things she talked about before, you know, new construction can be a great way to really get the home you want. And if you if you can set it up right, you can also get it when you need it. Maybe you don't need it right now. Maybe you've got some time. Um, and you also heard her say working with a realtor early in the process is key. You know, get those trusted advisors around you as soon as you can. Um, we do have a network of partners that we work with that are good in this in this space. You, know, you can find those at jeffsellsmain.com slash partners. Um, right on our website, we can show people we vetted and work with. Um, more importantly, the one thing we hear from clients all the time is they want to do new construction. We often find out they start the process too late. Can you kind of walk us through that, Donna, and what some of those pitfalls might be and really how to think about going into this process? Absolutely. I mean, timeline is key, and there's no doubt about it. The From the minute this idea enters your head, I think you've really, again, got to get that trusted advisor with you, and you've really got to think about, um, you know, there's so many parts of the process that can take so much longer than you would anticipate. I mean, you've got to, it's so important to get teed up with your lender, get teed up with your realtor, vet your contractors. That's hugely important. Experience in this market. Uh, you want to know that anyone you're working with has ideally built in the town or city where you're building because certainly th those can be issues. Every city and town has to issue building permits. They're going to have to be there throughout the process to do inspections and issue the certificate of occupancy at the end. And so your contractor also not only has to be aware of what each town's requirements and processes are, but they've got to have a trusted group of subcontractors working with them. Things can take so long coming in. Window delays. That's one thing we're hearing about all the time. You can tack on months sometimes waiting for a unique sized window to come in or sliding glass doors, you know, for the deck commonly used can be very hard to get that right now. You pick a color of siding that goes uh, that basically is out of stock or stock changes. Something else happens in the world. And, you know, during that crazy uh, 
that crazy freeze that happened in Texas, there was so many plumbing issues, PVC pipe became on shortage for a little bit. It was like toilet paper. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anything can happen. And then just the rising costs. Another thing to think about is the rising cost of lumber. It can change your build price as you go through the process. So the longer it takes for the build to complete, again, this goes back to reading your contract carefully. Sometimes the contractor's contract will have a provision in it that if the cost for building goes up X amount over the time during which the build is happening, they can actually charge a portion of that back to you. So, you know, I think, again, <clears throat> you've just got to really get that trusted group of advisors around you and you've got to keep keep it organized, you know, be flexible as well. My clients who have had the best experience have been the ones who've been able to wait out a time delay without frustration because they've got a rental set up, they have a place for their things mm -hmm. to store, so you've got to think about every aspect of the process, where it could go wrong, how it could cost you more money, and you've got to plan ahead as much as possible. I think asking your realtor as well, like, what are the things that could happen? What are the things I should be anticipating could become a problem? And ask your contractor that same question. What issues have you seen? What, what vendors have you had the most challenges working with? Are you seeing delays on siding coming in? Are you seeing delays with lumber coming in? Are you seeing delays getting painters? Your contractor should know and should be aware of what's happening in their world, and they can often guide you and your expectations. I think all of that is just so important to teeing it up to have a great experience. So if we were to create a list of kind of three key takeaways for the listeners, if they're thinking about new construction, would it be fair to say, you know, number one is start early. Start earlier than you think you might need to. Absolutely. Um, step two would be to kind of find, find and vet that circle of trust, that group of trusted advisors, advisors you mentioned. Make sure they know what they're doing, they've got experience. Mm -hmm. But then lastly, you know, have a plan. Don't leave things open-ended because we oftentimes see clients get into the process, they get excited, they get started. You know, maybe the timeline's a little gray or cloudy. Maybe things aren't quite lined up and we end up having a situation where they aren't done on time. 100%. And I think I'd add a fourth one, which is stay involved. Mm. Stay on top of things. Ask questions. Just because your contractor and your trusted advisors tell you everything is going okay, I would say you want to check in. If those people aren't checking in with you, you want to check in with them. Mm. Because changes that you request could result, again, in more fees with change orders, for example. If, if you're in town or if you live in Maine, go to the job site. Right. Take a look yeah. at the progress that's mm -hmm. happening. It's your build. You're paying for it. You should be visiting the site when you can or have a trusted person in the area. Go do that. And you should be asking questions and checking in every week if someone isn't checking in with you. Exactly, That's terrific yeah. insight. And that accountability piece, it just it's another layer of communication. Better to over-communicate than to just assume that something something's happening because then we get into trouble and it's hard to react to that and you know could cause some issues later on. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us today, Donna. If the listeners have questions and want to connect with you, what's the best way to do so? Uh, it's been a lot of fun, first of all. I really enjoyed it, and thanks to you guys for having me on. And certainly, of course, you can find me through Jeff Sells, Maine. Or you can call our Matea Group office. Uh, you can also call me direct, 207-358-9585. I'd love to text me, call me. I'd love to help out with any questions that you have, any uh, anything regarding purchasing, selling, uh, new construction, certainly. Uh, I love it, and I feel really versed in it, especially in this southern part of the state. But I'm here to help, and I love working with different people from 
different parts of the state and different parts of the country. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Don. Thank you so much. Thanks. Well, yeah, and then we could add to it the, uh, the interest rates. If we don't, uh, have, if we're not locked in, definitely talk to your local lender about how long they can lock on new construction right. and just to make sure in case it goes over that delay, you're not chasing a higher interest rate all of a sudden. And then not only are materials costing more, labor's more, is interest rates cause that payment to be higher. You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio, News Radio, 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGN. Yeah, and again, just to hammer home Donna's point about that group of trusted advisors, you want to work with you know an agent that knows new construction, but also a lender that has those programs, has the extended rate locks, can handle a, a bump in the road if it comes. Uh, you know, you want somebody who's yeah, got your, that capability. Your builder knows that town and the regulations right. is familiar with uh, the whole process, has built a number of homes that they could also show you uh, a finished product or a under construction home just to get you acclimated to their work. Yeah. And also one point, I guess, before we move on to the round town, but, you know, Donna mentioned having that group of trusted advisors and vetting them, but also make sure they work well together. We've run into situations where you've got an architect or a builder or a lender. They don't all work well together. And making sure that that team is cohesive is important. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, around town with Harrison, we, uh, we're we looking to get outside, do lots of things that are, are going on uh, now that the weather's improved. Yes, please. This is the best part of the year <laughs> where it's 70 degrees, sunny. It's You know, you don't have the humidity yet. You don't have any of that. It's just beautiful and, and nice to be outside. Um, and then, you know, kind of a warning to everybody, it is graduation season. We're right in the midst of all the college graduations. High school comes right behind it here in a few weeks. Um, so expect to be expect to see you know more people around town, hotels filling up, restaurants filling up, event centers filling up. Um, you know, and when you when you go another few weeks down the road, most of that's behind us. But we're definitely into graduation season, so yeah, plan and ahead. And then it's real busy with the visitors from out of, out of state enjoying our you know the ocean and the Absolutely. restaurants and shows. You've got a few a few of those for us. Absolutely, yeah. So one one thing I thought was interesting and, and fun. Um, it's actually happening right now this weekend, but you know, Trolls Live is actually across arena. My kids love the Trolls movie; it was a lot of fun. Um, and one, you know, I I consistently I'm guilty of forgetting how many great events do come to that cross insurance arena, and that's a schedule that I should check more. And often. we and we know that you you just deep down love the Trolls. You've oh, I I wouldn't yeah. hate going for right, sure. Right, I mean, right. You're a I kid would, at heart. Yeah, I would not like it. I mean, I am I I will watch Disney movies without the with the kids in bed, so and, I'm not afraid to admit that. And then Blue Man Group next week. Yeah, so you got Blue Man Group coming next week, which if you've never seen them before, that is a crazy fun Wild. show. Yeah, um, and then also you've got the Price is Right coming to Portland in September. So well, it's on in studio I now. Say I great plug, we're watching watch it right now. But yeah, it's it's you know it's one of those things you don't get you don't necessarily get a headline show like that to come to town very often. And with it being in September, it seems like it's forever away. But if you don't grab tickets soon and get involved, it, it, it'll it'll be gone. And it's it's a fun experience to see some of these shows actually filmed. Yeah, and then we you know we want to get out on the water. We talked about some cruises as well as uh, fishing trips, but we've got a couple of other opportunities that now that the seasons you know the water's a little warmer. It's still pretty cold. But. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure our ocean water ever really gets warm, but uh, but yeah, the last couple of weeks we've seen you know the fishing charges pick back up. We've seen a lot of the cruises start up, and now Portland Paddles bringing back all their sea kayaking programs. Awesome. And what's cool with Portland Paddles is that you can go from a kind of a learning how to class, and you know, they'll teach you how to sea kayak. Yep all the way to like guided cruises through Casco Bay, which are unbelievable. Unbelievable. When you right. get on the water at that level, that kind of that kind of proximity and closeness to Casco Bay, it's amazing what you find out yeah, there. Yeah, we're, we're really fortunate that that's right in our backyard to be able to do that. And it's amazing. And we most of us drive by it every day and kind of glance at it and don't realize <laughs> how many great things are out there. Yeah. Then we have the the Main State Music Theater and Ngunkwit Playhouse have released their schedules for the season. I, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to look at the schedule in detail, but they've got a number of shows back-to-back throughout yeah. the summer. Yeah, so Main State Music Theater and Gunkwit Playhouse, their schedules are out, their their shows are beginning. Um, if you don't know, Main State Music Theater is up in Brunswick, yep. um, but they do perform shows around the coastal area. 
Uh, they've, they've got some headliners. They've got The Sound of Music. Uh, Agonquit Playhouse has got The Nutty Professor, an ab- adaptation sure. of the Eddie Murphy nice, movie. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of fun stuff. There's 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 programming for kids. There's some, the you know, more adult type stuff. But really, they've got a really full schedule this year. Thank goodness as COVID begins to hopefully fade into the background, more of these things will come back full force. And they've got a full schedule this year, which will be great. Yeah, there's a, and there's a little something for everyone. We all, we uh, are fans of Thompson's Point as well. So, yeah, you know, that Point. rock row, a little, little bit of something for everybody. Yep. And if you haven't seen the new Children's Museum right there on Thompson's Point, too, my kids love it. It's a completely new layout, a beautifully done building, um, a lot of fun uh, to go and see the updated adaptation of the Children's Museum. Love it. Love it. Yep. And then our uh, our Sea Dogs are at home Tuesday to Sunday versus Harrisburg. Yeah. So the Sea Dogs are home. You know, they're a 500 baseball team. They're playing good baseball, you know trading some wins and losses along the way, but there's some good talent at that level. Yeah, They've yeah. got Harrisburg for six games, you know, Tuesday through Sunday, you know, and, and if you've ever, never been to minor league baseball, you know, they've got all kinds of fun stuff going on, cool promotions. It's just a good family. It's entertaining. It's inexpensive. Good, exactly. good way to get out. And, uh, you know, they make, you know, they engage you in between innings so that, uh, you know, it makes it more fun for the kids. Probably make it, I make it five or six innings with the kids, but you know, from yeah. time to time we make it through the whole game. Well, if you, if you hand them a hot dog and some ice cream along the way, they tend to stay engaged longer. It's all about um, the sea dog biscuit. Oh, absolutely. And and for the listeners who are wondering about kind of what's going on and things to do as the week goes on, you know, please follow us on social media on Instagram, the Matei Group, Facebook, the Matei Group at Kelly Williams Realty. You can see what we're up to, what we're doing, um, and maybe we'll run out to you, run into you around town. Love it, love it. Looking forward to our our next show. Don't have a teaser for that guest yet, but we had an awesome show today. Thanks so much, Harrison, Donna Galuzzo in studio answering questions about new construction. Again, if you have any more questions related to that or anything related to real estate, you can always give us a call at 207-331-5516. You can text that number. Great show again. Closer to home, Maine Real Estate Radio. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend.